0: This call is. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We're coming to you Wednesday night, September 29th. We are coming to you after the second official day of training camp. Um, I did a locker room last night about Media Day. Josh and I had intended to talk about it, but thankfully, Media Day was kind of devoid of substantive news. And I say thankfully because. I am not like I'm still gearing up for the season and I'm not mentally prepared for like the closest that like 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 basketball drama which made today really funny because I was just as offline as I've been in like six months I had no idea what happened I came back and looked at my phone and I had you know probably 20 direct messages text messages our our slack was just kind of like like irritated and so Josh, like why don't you why don't you talk to us about what happened today?
1: Uh well, basically, I think at practice, after after before, it doesn't matter. Uh, Jason Kidd basically said that Dwight Powell will be the starting center and Christoph Sperlingis will start at the four. Um, that was Tim McMahon reporting that, but I believe he said it like in, in reporter scrum or like you know, post practice interview. So I don't think it was like exclusive to right. Tim McMahon. <clears throat> and then i believe he hinted at that the basically the starting lineup i don't know if he actually confirmed. eddie
0: sefko this. said this which makes <clears throat> me like i read this just before we got on like yeah don't trust eddie's thoughts on basketball like his he's like i assume and it's like eddie's assumptions yeah, if you go I'm back over sure. time suck
1: yeah so i don't know if it's if it's assuming or if it's if it's what kid was hinting at Mm. But according to that, it sounds like the starting lineup will be Luca, THJ, Dorian, Finney-Smith, Chris Dops, and Dwight Powell, uh, which is hilariously uh, contained of players that have all, literally every single one of those players have been on the roster since uh, February of 2019. Uh, no, wait, 20, yeah, 20. Oh yeah, Fe- 2019. Yeah. Yep, February yeah. 2019, which is just really funny when you think about, you know, what we've been arguing about for like the last three years and for that to be. Maybe the starting lineup for this season. Uh, it, it it's kind of funny, like in a, in a dark way. But uh, I, I made a joke. When, yeah, go
0: ahead. I made one joke online. It was <laughs> clap twice if 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 it's Rick Carlisle wearing a Jason Kidd suit. Like I just <laughs> uh, like. W- w- but we you know it because he that? gave the lineup. He but he, you know it's not Rick Carlisle
1: because he gave the lineup so early. <laughs> so that's how you know it's not Rick.
0: <laughs> that's a good point it's a really good point i love that (laughs) Uh, well did you have any did you have any other like uh, i don't really have strong thoughts about it other than because you know media day kp at the four was a thing and i just as i talked about on the on the green room i roll my eyes at it but if the goal is to i think the early season goal is to make sure kp doesn't look like shit that's that's kind of what all messaging points towards
1: yeah, and I mean, as much as we all know that you know KP at the five is the money lineup, and that's kind of where things have to go. I mean, I don't think Kristaps. I mean, I don't know if Kristaps Przingis can play a full NBA healthy NBA season, regardless. But I certainly think the chances of that go down if he's playing the five full time, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, just the requirements of being the only big on the floor. The there's just more for him to do, and so yeah. when he's the four and he's not necessarily always guarding the other team's best big man or he's not always you know scrap you know scrapping in the paint you know it's it's a little bit of relief for him um so like that so when they when pal is starting that doesn't really bother me i know you know on the very online mavs fans are are you know want to tar and feather pal and and get him out of here and i'm just kind of tired about
0: the Powell argument like he is who he, he was is better by the end of last year like he, he gives up 80 percent at the rim and that is a problem and we'll probably talk about that during the preview but right. there's a disconnect between Jason Kidd talking about defense and then talking <laughs> yeah. about starting Dwight Powell like that, those two was, things don't fit
1: that was a surprising thing because in Milwaukee he certainly favored the defensive oriented guys yeah uh, in terms of who he played uh, I mean part of it was just the hand he was dealt that you know right. just the way that roster was but yeah uh, so we'll see. But like, you know, hey, when Pal when Powell is healthy and when Kristaps is healthy, we have considerable lineup data that says these guys are pretty good together mm-hmm. in regular season basketball. I'm not going to make any claims about the postseason, but uh, they were very good in 2019, 2020 when they played together before Powell got hurt. So if Kristaps is as healthy as, as everyone keeps saying he is after this offseason, and if Powell, you know, guys with Achilles normally play, you know, it's always the second year that they seem to start resembling themselves as long as they don't have a setback, uh, then, for, you know, if they can get close to that, to their health from 2019, 2020, then it makes, it makes a lot of sense, uh, yeah. you know, at least for a regular season, like, and, and for just general, like, obviously specific matchups might dictate different lineups. Obviously in the playoffs, things are going to be completely different. So I just don't, you know, (laughs) there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of moments to get mad about the Mavericks this season. And I just think if you got to pick your battles, uh, I would just refrain. Right. Just refrain. You know, we all know what Dwight Powell is. We all know what he isn't. Uh, So let's just kind of see where it goes. Uh, And hopefully they get the good, the good stuff. And as you know as little of the bad stuff as possible and we'll probably find out pretty quickly whether that lineup can work and whether those two guys are as healthy enough to make it work
0: and i will say and this is just taking the temperature of social media of green rooms i think most of our fans at this point are some combination of antsy to bored no one is really mad yet which they shouldn't be um, and I'm glad you said that. It, it that this just you know, cha- you know, put put the ammo away for a while, and let's just let this play out. I mean, he, I don't necessarily agree with Sefco, but him saying like I'm going to give this some time, you know, everyone just needs to calm down. Like he's right. Uh If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, the the Mavericks are going to be they're probably going to be a really weird team to bet on because they're going to win games in spite of themselves because Luca's that good. So. Yes.
1: You know. um the weirdest part of the lineup stuff was i mean again and this is the part that we have no idea if kid actually said this if he hinted this if it's just reporter speculation but that reggie bullock wouldn't be starting and yeah that's like that is insane to me like that like yeah. that one i will get mad at because it's like like come on guys he's the best he's the best three and D wing in the roster. I know we all love Dorian. We all are, you know, we all have our Dorian. I would hats. love
0: Dorian on the, like the second best guy. Yeah. Like I don't enjoy watching him but get cooked alive. It's not the, fun for me.
1: The only thing Dorian does better than Reggie Bullock is rebound. And yeah, obviously that matters, but I mean, he's a significantly better shooter. He's a much better one-on-one defender. Um, and there's not really like, I feel like it, this isn't even like a, well, you know, let's agree to disagree. Like, I feel like that's not really up for debate. Um, mm-hmm. He's much better in those two areas than Dorian is. And and you can do eye tests, you can do numbers, whatever you want to say. I mean, Bullock is like, you know, last year he shot almost 40, you know, you think he shot 40% and he shot like six and a half threes a game. I mean, Dorian just doesn't do that. Like as nope. as much of an improved shooter, he is not a guy to get up six to seven threes a night. You know, it's just not him. So the idea that Bullock would be coming off the bench is just weird. Like he was your biggest off-season acquisition. Um,
0: he's, I think we're going to see a lot of starting yeah. lineups. Yes, and yes. It'll obviously
1: close games and all that. You know, that's what matters. Uh,
0: it's fun looking at the five-man lineup ma- uh, data for the Mavericks last year because they just don't have any lineups that played any amount of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's, <laughs> that's One that's, lineup that played over 200 minutes the entire season. I can't express how difficult that is to do in a 70 game season. Like the Mavericks are just weird.
1: And that was a lineup that I don't think saw any minutes in the playoffs. No, it was what what, the Josh Richardson (laughs) starting lineup.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like
1: it's just really, this is the thing about NBA basketball that it's really hard to talk about sometimes because like, I'm sure people think I'm really negative on this team, but I think it's because like playoff wise, I'm just different. I have all this. Yeah. It, regular season basketball and playoff basketball and the NBA. It, it's like two different sports. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to compare the two. Like it just changes so much. So like when people think I'm really down on this roster, it like, I think they're going to win 50 plus games and be a three seed. Like, that's not down, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they lost in six games in the first round. Like <laughs> I, it it comes from that. And like people think right. I hate the team because of that, which I guess I yeah. do a little bit. But I mean, you know what I mean.
0: I've I've I have i do not know if you actually listen to podcasts that that you should, I hope you don't because we talk enough. But one of my kind of recurring pitches on the green rooms are has been that the Mavericks didn't fix any of their playoff holes. But if they're not playing the Clippers, I'm not sure if it matters because that's there's true. not another team that can do this to the Mavericks. There just isn't like the Lakers are going to be annoying to play, but for very different reasons. Yes. Other than that, like, like the nuggets offer challenges, but not the same kind of locking everyone else down challenges. Like that's where we are. Anyways, right. you and I, this is my favorite part. I go upstairs to record my podcast. And I, was, I just tell my wife, I said, I'm going to be back in a half hour. And she goes, no, you're not. You're going to be back in 45 minutes to an hour. And this is why we make good podcasts you know guess because we intend to talk for five minutes and we talk for 15 and that's why i enjoy (laughs) talking basketball with you that aside we have uh three guys to get to on player previews and this is how you can tell that like i'm in a scheduling frenzy where i schedule all these guys out and i intend i intend to space out starters role players and end of bench guys and i just completely drop the ball uh (laughs) today we're going to talk really quickly about Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, and Tim Hardaway, which are three of the four best Maverick players. Um, I think we should start with, with Luka, who Matthew Phillips wrote about for us. And, you know, the thing about Luka Doncic that I'm looking forward to is at least in media day, number one, he has a much better haircut than he did last year. He looks more aerodynamic. He also looks a little bit thinner. I also think this really comes down to how... How professional he takes this season. Um, His march through the Olympics following the finals was truly incredible. And then to not medal after getting so close clearly devastated him. He took some time off. Then he got back to work. We have not seen a bunch of it because he's not that kind of guy. And I really think this just comes down to how interested is he going to be in the regular season?
1: Yep, I mean it's hard to find on court faults with him with the way he's progressed since his rookie season. So it really does feel like all the questions that you have to ask and that you hope he answers are all about what you said, like mentality stuff that we can't measure on the box score, you know, mentality, off season training, leadership stuff like that. Like you know, I think we both agree he can't go another season being someone you know almost leading the league in in technical fouls. You know Mm -hmm. that that part of Part of his game has to stop at some point, or he's just never gonna—he's just never gonna get to the free throw line nope. if he just keeps chirping like this. And I know people like Mavs fans just hate to hear that, but it, that's just how—just the way it is, you know. It and went from
0: being something that was funny to being something, yeah. that, was to being something yeah. that was actively detrimental, yes. and annoying. Yes. And I don't like having to shit on my favorite player, but he was a big baby a lot of the times, and whether he was right or wrong doesn't matter. At some point, you garner a reputation, and it's going to take him a while to shake it. Um, uh, He's not going to get the calls he wants for another couple of years, I don't think. He needs to really tighten up.
1: Yep, and then the other part of it is, I mean, how many clips can we get, Kirk, of him arguing with the refs and the other team scoring? mm -hmm. Uh, It happens. That's no good as well, and it's hard, you know, if you want to be a leader and be someone in that, obviously, the guys, you know, respect Luca, and, like, obviously, he's the main dog in that locker room, but I'm just saying, when there's ample film of you bitching at refs while the other team is getting a layup. That's, that's not good. It's not, it doesn't help things. Uh, So that has to change too.
0: I mean, from, from the like nitpicking statistical markers, the things that I'm looking at, and this, the first thing that comes to mind is if he improves his free throw percentage, just so if he can, and his wrote about this really wonderfully in his piece about Luca in the fourth quarter, If Luca is taking less terrible shots because of the offensive design and Rick's sort of insistence on grinding out wins, I think Luca's numbers efficiency-wise might improve. I think he might have more turnovers, but I also think he has an opportunity at more assists, and I think his three-point numbers might go up just because he's not taking the step-back three with three seconds left on the shot clock three times in the fourth quarter.
1: But how are they going to do that with this roster? I mean, what's going to allow him
0: to, to, to do that less. But, but this was something that, that I think is talk really kind of conclusively determined. Rick slowed down the offense so much in the fourth quarter to the detriment of the team. They would be up by 10 points. And then they all of a sudden would be tied because he would insist on running the shot clock down to three or four seconds. That was the offense there. Were, you know, yeah. they, they got out of their flow time and time again. And part of me wants to say that's Luca, but knowing Rick Carlisle's control freak tendencies, they went into this together. Yeah. But
1: I, I'm sorry to be devil's advocate, but every Jason kid coach team has played very, very, very slow too. So yeah. I'm just wondering. Yeah. he's been bottom every single one of his teams. I mean, I'm writing about this, you know, I've got that part of my stories written. He's, Every one of his teams are, like, in the 20s in pace. So, does does that change?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's talked about it, but, you know, just like Carlisle and media days past, like, talking about it and being about it are two different things. So, at the moment, I'm choosing to be a little optimistic because I think with Luca, if the offense goes to shit, he's going to be pissed. Like I, I think there's a strong argument that it's going to be Luca's offense with Kid making making little distinctions here and there insofar as he can. Because if they're running a slow paced thing where they're shooting not a lot of threes, they're not going to win them any games. You know, right. it, it's it, it just like some of this comes out in the wash whether whether kid likes it or not, in my opinion.
1: Right. Now I understand. And something I'm wondering, you know, with Luca and efficiency in the fourth quarter, you know. Is this well I don't wanna I don't wanna uh leap to the next player, but you know this is Jalen brunson like is he's the guy right like he's the guy that if they can restrict a little bit less on Luca and take a little bit of the responsibility away so that he's not just jacking up uh end of shot clock threes because everyone else is petrified to touch the basketball in the final five minutes of the game. He's probably the one guy on the roster to do it. Sorry, I know we're still talking about Lucas, so I don't no, no, care. no. I, I mean, I'm like, that.
0: like, how much can you say about Luca? And I don't want to talk yeah. about him because we're going to talk about him during the year. This is this is a good pivot point. Let's let's go ahead and pivot to Jalen.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's the guy, right? Like, you know, this roster is a bunch of undrafted players, second round picks. I mean, Jalen's a second round pick as well, but he was the first pick of the second yeah. round. Uh, everyone else is kind of on the other side. Uh, besides Luca and KP, everyone's like 26 or older for the most part in terms of the rotation. Jalen's like the one guy, like he's the one blue chipper to develop along with Luca and KP. So you just that I feel like that places a lot of maybe undue expectations on him because honestly, let's what he was last season was good and enough for you know you get that out of the what 31st pick. Of the NBA draft, and if that's all he is, like you can't really complain. But unfortunately, he's kind of has to make that next step. I feel like if this team wants to have a different looking postseason than before.
0: So friend of the program, I'm calling him friend of the program just because I like Chuck Cooperstein, even though we argue about stuff. Um Chuck Cooperstein sort of caused a bit of a kerfuffle during the summer, which I managed to avoid by by talking about internal development. He's like, You guys are putting a cap on players and Brunson is the one my challenge with Brunson has always been Brunson really sucks at very obvious basketball skills that are hard to change at this point in your life like he couldn't see a cone if it was in front of him to pass to his assist like I am shocked at his per 100 assists compared to notable gunner J.J. Barea he is half what Barea used to do during his like post prime Maverick years where he was running stuff with Dwight Powell. Man, Berea was, yeah, was a great passer. He just great did passer to where I'm being an ass about it because at times I just remember him taking maddening shots. Yes. But course. the thing about Brunson is Brunson last year was one of the best finishers in the league. Um, there was a sports illustrated story that really nailed it. And then after that, he tailed off a little bit, which he had to come back down to earth. Cause he was shooting like 70%. In yeah, the restricted he, was, area. he
1: was first in the league in, in pick and roll scoring efficiency.
0: Uh, it's like, what are like? Yeah. I, I can't explain how hard that is to do. Cause the guys around him are elite. And so the Mavericks and Chuck in particular, when he was talking about this are right to tout that. But the challenge is if, with the Mavericks playing like an eight man rotation when Brunson was on the floor, the ball was going through Brunson in a way where it was like, all right, this guy really doesn't see other players. I don't think he was looking dudes off. Like like the Brunson and Tim Hardaway, who's our next guy, like they just didn't pass the ball to KP. It was kind of weird. Um, so the, it's like those times in where in 1920 where Porzingis kind of feasted, he did not feast in 2021 because nobody was passing him the ball. And I don't know where Brunson, if, if he's able to make different reads this year, which I suppose is possible. I'm just the kind of person that thinks that by the time you're in your 20s, like vision is not something you're able to just adapt to. You kind of have it or you don't. I could be wrong. I, I, I've i been wrong before. Like I wanted them to trade Brunson and he ended up being <laughs> one of the better players. So. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful that he figures something out. But even if he doesn't, even if he stays the exact same player, that's a damn good player.
1: Yeah, it's one of the best backups in the league. Like mm-hmm. uh, 29, uh, Basically, I would think every 29, the 29 other teams would be like, yes, well, he will easily be our best bench player, uh, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're like Utah with Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's funny about Brunson's we're talking about is passing. Uh, in an odd way, he also needs to shoot a little bit more. Uh, I think part of his efficiency was he just wasn't. Net, he he does have the reputation of a gunner since he doesn't have the best floor vision, but he also just didn't shoot a lot uh, compared to someone of his role right. on the roster. So for him to t- you know another part of him taking the next step is can he shoot more like A and then B? What does his efficiency look like with an increase in volume and? that's in the past the it's not team. look
0: great right the, in the past the increased volume has not been good for Tim or I'm I'm sorry for Jalen
1: right so you know that's a you know it's a weird thing we talk about his passing but then he's got to shoot a little bit more it's a lot to ask for like hey shoot more and still shoot as amazing as you were oh hey also you know pass a little bit better like it is kind of funny uh what were the expectations but again that's kind of that's kind of what happens when you're a team like Dallas and you ignore the draft and all your draft picks basically outside of two guys, Luke and and, and Brunson suck. Like it's just, he's, he's kind of the guy, like everyone else on this roster, their development is relatively static. Uh And if there's one guy to do something uh, and keep improving, you know, aside from a KP and aside from, you know, Luca uh, and to Luca to a degree, there's only so much more he could do. He's running out of things to do. Yeah. Um. it's Brunson so that's yep. That's a big key I'm,
0: I'm you know not enough like he was kind of quietly one, one of the worst players in the Clippers series like he was he went from being an off the bench like super sub to unplayable yeah. and in no small part because of what I've mentioned about the passing so I want to at least close on the fact that when something is exposed that badly in someone's game that is something that a really good smart hard-working player works on and so maybe he comes back with something very new maybe jason kidd puts him in different positions um i don't really believe that like a lot of people are have told me oh coach carlisle limited him. and i'm like guys like no <laughs> like Rick Carlisle does not limit small guards he gives them careers right. um it, the only thing that... the only
1: thing i could say is uh i don't know if you want to be Bullish on Kid and Brunson is maybe there's some similarities with Malcolm Brogdon because mm. Malcolm Brogdon's first, what, two seasons, I think, or at least his rookie season was with Kid. Great so, take. Uh, yeah. And they're both, and Brogdon's kind of a similar type of player as Brunson in terms of skill set and, and size. So maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something there.
0: Well, the last guy we want to talk about uh, is going to be Tim Hardaway Jr. And if you would have told me, in january of 2019 that i would be a tim hardaway super fan i would have yelled at you and slowly and consistently as tim hardaway he's just become a maverick who i think i'm going to talk about for years the way i talk about michael finley the way i talk about jason terry he has become a stalwart when he re-signed for less money than he could have gotten elsewhere it showed to it told me that number 1 he understands who he is playing with with luka doncic means he understands where his bread is buttered and he understands that past this four year deal if he plays well he'll get another deal and he'll make a lot of money not so so you know going to new orleans for you know 20 million more dollars or whatever it was was probably a short term win for in terms of dollars but really he's going to play on good teams for the next four years or unless the Mavericks decide to trade him because he has kind of a declining contract, but he understands that his role is the guy who shoots the basketball runs scores. And that's what he does. There's no more trying to run the team. Like he was forced to do sometimes with the Knicks. There's not many terrible two pointers. There's three pointers, there's dunks and and there's movement And then trying to guard. My favorite thing that has happened the last several years is Zach Lowe insisting that Tim Hardaway Jr. is a decent defender who tries hard, and it's like, I'm sorry, Zach, that is not true. He takes charges, but that's about it. Um, Yes, and and I love Timmy. So, what what are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, I share very similar thoughts. Um, I think what's really interesting is you know we don't we don't dip our toes into the behind the scenes reporting, talking about you know that side of it uh Mm -hmm. sources and all that but you know we we know people and we hear we hear things uh when we're just talking ball and talking shop and you know when tim got to the mavericks i think me and you both heard you know one of the things was just the way he carried himself early on like right after the trade Mm -hmm. it didn't seem like it was going to be a good marriage uh you know just his his stature coming from the Knicks he had his contract the way he kind of played when he first got here um there was just not a good vibe to 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 broadly put it around Tim Hardaway and the Mavericks you know kind of carrying himself maybe as a player of a stature that he hadn't earned yet uh and to Tim's credit I don't know you know the light bulb must have switched that offseason you know he got hurt uh, he had to rehab, you know, he came back and he still started the season really poorly that 1920 season. And then, you know, it just kind of clicked when he got in that starting lineup and, and the rest is history. So, you know, credit to him. I think, Kirk, you've made this point a bunch of times, so I'm going to steal it from you. Uh, but you you always say like guys like him, you know, they get that big contract. And and when they first come in the league, you know, they it's about stats and money and stature and, and player rank and all that stuff. And then, and then these guys, you know, they get drafted, you know, when you're in the lottery, you usually get the teams in the lottery are bad. So if you're not a Luca type of talent uh, it can be hard for someone like Tim Hardaway jr. To trans you know, he can't transform a franchise from bad to good on his own. So he got on the Knicks and, you know, he had like a couple okay seasons in Atlanta, but he lost a lot of basketball games before he came to Dallas and he put up numbers and he got money, but he lost a lot of games. And Kirk, you like to say that guys, when they get to that twenty-eight, twenty-nine range, and they're on, you know, maybe their third, you know, they're looking toward their third contract. They've already made the money, you know, they've already gotten stats and stuff like that. And now it's like they've kind of matured a little bit, and they're like, okay, I've done all that, but but I, I want to win now. And I think you I mean, saw that from from Tim. Uh, this dude shot
0: thirty-two percent from three with the Knicks in seventeen, eighteen. Last year and the year prior, he shot just below 40%. An eight percent swing is fucking bananas.
1: And career okay. 34%, I think.
0: Like uh for his whole career, he's up to 36 now, but that's because yeah. of the last two <laughs> yes. years. He shot 38.6 percent with the Mavericks. That is a thrower for a guy who shoots seven and a half a game. Right. It, it and, and You know, um, Xavier, his sort of, uh, Xavier Santos, mavsmoneyball.com contributor, sort of his offseason thing was the Mavericks can't do this because then they're locked into Tim. You know, they're locked in, they can't do anything else. Well, it turned out that there really wasn't anything else for them to do because everything was sort of done before free agency opened. So getting Tim is kind of the best option of not great options. However, I just, I like that I know what to expect from Tim this year. I am okay with the one for 10 games he's going to have, because if the Mavericks rely on him to the point to win games, then that's on them. His role should never be the third best guy on a team. And that probably is what he's going to be this year. And to, to have levels of expectation for him like that is not fair to him. His, he should be, if he's your fourth best guy, I think you're going places. I really do. And maybe the Mavs will get there at some point
1: right and and his money still doesn't look all that bad if he's your fourth no. player. so i mean
0: it's it's declining so by right. the time he's 32 he's going to be making like 15 million a year and you know lord knows what happens when the salary cap goes up i'm just i'm really excited about tim i i like watching him he he brings this this sort of just the 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 confidence to shoot and and you know i, I think i mentioned this on a previous podcast joe flynn of um posting and toasting says that that Reggie Bullock is the guy who was willing to take the big shot. So you add Tim, Reggie, and Luca. That's three dudes who want the ball when it matters. And I think, like, I'm having a hard time quantifying this, but it makes me excited about late-game about late game Maverick basketball.
1: Yeah, it, it'll definitely help uh, if I want to bring us down and end on a bummer note. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're getting too happy here. Uh, do not look at Tim's box scores from games three through seven. Yeah, uh, but like I mean, he
0: the shot, he, he shot 65% in games one and two. So it's like, know, that I was know. eventually going to happen. And then they just put him in prison.
1: Yeah. Uh, game seven, one of nine from three game six, four of 11 from three uh, game five, three of 10 from three game four, <laughs> of four from three. So that's, but this is what you go back to say. Like, this is why he needs to be your fourth or fifth yeah. best player. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just, kind of, but that's not, you know, again, When we talk about this stuff, it's never the it's not on the players. You know, it's just the Mavericks roster building strategy. So, you're right. They couldn't. Where would they be without him? He's literally the only high vol, you know, elite high volume three point shooter on a roster that has Luca, which still feels crazy to me. And now Uh, they have they have Reggie. Bullock will help. Yes, yeah. Bullock will help. But before Bullock, I mean, it was literally just him. You know, even when they had Seth, Seth didn't play enough and shoot enough to to be at that elite volume. Uh, So he, he's so crucial to this thing Uh, without his shooting. I don't even know it. This team would be in bad shape the last three years if they did not have his shooting. I'll just say that. So it's good to have him back. Hopefully that they can do some things to make him so that he's not relied on so much that he doesn't swing games for them so much. Like, so him being like, hopefully they can start winning some games when he's not on it. So uh, but but that'll be the next step. But we'll see. But hey, at least he's here and and not. Uh, at least we didn't have another case of the Mavericks uh, thinking the grass is greener and ending up with less.
0: Hundred percent. Well, all right. It's Wednesday night, like I said. Um, I don't know what our next schedule is going to be. In theory, I was taking off. I mean, I'm still going to do this. I'm taking off my real job tomorrow to do furniture shopping. And then Friday, we were going to go to the state fair, but it looks like the weather is going to disagree with us. So I'm not sure what you and my uh, sort of podcast schedule is going to be. I'll probably get up a green room um, between now and then. Uh, because we've covered so many of like the the better Mavericks players already, I had said we were going to do this every three, but then I think what we should do is probably do the next four. Um, mm-hmm. You were writing something. We'll probably want to talk about that. Uh, we have some interesting posts coming out over the weekend. Our guy, Ben, has been talking to different um, Southwest Division opponents to just kind of get a read on their teams. So there's enough stuff we could talk about. Um, I'm I'm kind of like I waffle because every night I, I bother Josh. I'm like, should we record? Mainly because <laughs> I like talking with you. But then it's also it's just, you know, we want to give you guys like regular content, um, yes. but not I also can't do we cannot do the nick and isaac thing um that is literally (laughs) nick's like nick is is is, that's his like nick works for locked on um so it's just i i sometimes want to do it just because of like both the competitive nature in me and the fact that i like talking basketball but it's just really hard to do um so those guys like respect to the grind for them but um I don't know. This'll be fun. I I don't know when we'll when we'll be back is basically what I'm saying. Maybe, you know, maybe Sunday night, more likely early next week for both Josh and I. But I have a feeling I will get either in a green room or I'll talk to somebody. Uh I've been itching to talk to uh to Ben Collins um mainly because it's been like a while. he well not only has it been a while, but he, he Ben Collins of NBC News, like his he his he does the dystopia beat and the <laughs> the nba and this this vaccine chicanery like is just the perfect mesh of hit of the things that one he loves and the one he does for work and all that that roll uh was it rolling stone
1: yes or Rolling
0: the rolling stone article broke and he's like i'm on vacation what is this <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: perfect yeah so. perfect intersection for ben oh
0: yeah well guys this has been fun i don't know when we'll be back but you know we'll be back so we'll talk to you guys soon this has been josh and kirk with mads money ball after dark sign up for green room subscribe to our podcast leave us a review all that wonderful stuff and we will talk to you guys when we do